Welcome back to Big Friendly Sports with John Hamm. Exciting stuff here in the state of Oklahoma, and we're going to talk about a couple of topics that are on my mind right now. Before we get going, I want to thank the sponsors for our show, as always. That includes MidFirst Bank, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Fire Lake Jobs, and your Oklahoma Ford dealers. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. So speaking of Oklahoma, and obviously this show is typically a little Thunder-centric, and that is sort of my bread and butter, but you know, I called this show Big Friendly Sports for a reason. Occasionally, there's going to be some other things that have to do with sports that are on my mind, and I feel like I can talk about and maybe share a little perspective there. And I want to talk about Dylan Gabriel a little bit, who entered the transfer portal, uh, is going to complete his college career elsewhere, and where is... You know, we will see. But here's, I wanted to pull back the curtain just a little bit. Before the season, we had a big meeting with sellout crowd like we do every week with people getting together, sharing ideas, setting agendas, talking about things. And one of the early sessions, we talked about the rapid reaction that's going to be sent out after each OU and OSU game. And my comment, this was before the season, was, well, my rapid reaction every week is going to be Jackson Arnold needs to start. And I said that so, it's somewhere between dead serious and half joking. Somewhere in between there is, is, you know, how I meant that. In the thought process, not that Dylan Gabriel was a bad quarterback. I didn't believe that at all. I just felt like Jackson Arnold has got star potential. So let's get the star on the field. And, you know, I thought back a little bit like, you know, Rhett Bomar kind of got his chance. You know, let's put him out there. OU's out of the national title talk. Let's get Rhett Bomar on the field. Obviously, that's a whole other story. But here's the thing. I, in focusing so much on what Jackson Arnold could do in the future, I lost sight of what Dylan Gabriel could do now. And it made me realize how I've sort of crisscrossed some of my thunder thinking with college football thinking sometimes. My thunder brain was stuck on a rebuild. Get the young guys out there. Let them play through it. Let them get experience. Like, don't let the veteran guys get in the way. College football, there's really no rebuilding. They need to go win ball games. And Dylan Gabriel clearly gave them the best chance to do that. And I think Jackson Arnold is going to win a ton of ball games for OU going into the SEC. Um, they're going to be just fine. I was just in too big of a hurry to get him on the field. And doing so, Dylan Gabriel had a tremendous season. You know, remember, there was, what, a couple of weeks when we were like, is he going to be a Heisman contender? Is he going to be in New York? Unfortunately, back-to-back losses at Kansas and Oklahoma State took him out of that equation. But, you know, it just sort of made me realize Dylan Gabriel was really good. Sure, there's some things that we kind of wish he could have done a little bit better. We wish he was a little more athletic. You know, maybe wish he was more right-handed. Whatever critique you want to throw at him, he was a stellar quarterback at OU. So I'm glad that I, as an OU fan, OU observer, and that the OU fans didn't miss out on that just because we were in such a hurry to get to Jackson Arnold. And so, you know, that's something that I've thought about lately because usually it goes the other way around. I see OU fan mentality trickle in to Thunder basketball. Like, people have had major heartburn for a few days 
because the Thunder lost to the Rockets. Because that's sort of the thinking. And, you know, it was interesting to see, like, how inverse that was. I was so focused on, let's get the kid out there. Let's let him get some run. We can hit the SEC with an experienced quarterback. And, you know, he got some experience throughout the year. But anyway, thanks to Dylan Gabriel. Fantastic job at OU. I hope he does well wherever he lands. And that includes USC, by the way. If he wants to go there, that's great. Go get paid, man. Jackson Arnold, uh, I think Sooner Nation is going to be in great shape. So that's a thought I've had about Dylan Gabriel and, and OU overall. But I do want to pivot and talk about uh, the arena vote that is coming up on December 12th. So Jenny uh, Carlson and I sat and had a rad round table with Mayor David Holt, Dr. Russell Evans, who's an economist. And there was some interesting information that came out of that. If you have not seen that, highly recommend you take 30 minutes and go view it. It's on the sellout crowd page. Uh, you can certainly check just about any of our social media profiles and find the link. So it was a really interesting conversation. Uh, there's a lot of things that I thought some, some interesting points were made. I'm going to talk about a few of those. But I also want to talk about a few other things that I've seen making the rounds that I think deserves some clarification. I've seen some people, I think maybe they're misunderstood, misinformed. I want to go into that a little bit on this as well. So, you know, this whole topic, um, I have been like dubious from the beginning. The economic impact, is that number legit? I, I have no idea. We don't know how they have come up with some of these numbers. And I know why they took this course. Typically, if you're trying to sell something, you're typically trying to sell it as a return on investment. You got a low gas mileage car, buy this one, it gets better gas mileage. This thing will pay for itself in a year. I've done that with IT gear. Hey, we need to replace this old stuff. It is, uh, it's more power efficient. It's faster. It's going to boost productivity. It'll basically pay for itself. I understand why you want to sell things that way. But if the Thunder didn't exist in Oklahoma City, I don't think that necessarily like all of that money that gets brought downtown is just going to, you know, poof, stay in bank accounts. I think that's something else that a lot of people agree it would get redistributed somewhere else. But on the other hand, I don't need an economic impact study to tell me how downtown has changed. I've seen it with my own eyes over the past many, many years. I've lived in the OKC metro area since 1997, lifelong Oklahoman. But I've been here since before there was a Ford Center, Chesapeake Energy Arena, Paycom Center. I mean, I, I, I have seen how that area has transformed. Just go down there now. You know, uh, there was no Scissor Tail Park. Uh, there was no new convention center. Um, a lot of the restaurants that have popped up downtown, not there. Just the whole area has changed. I used to drive not through downtown, but over downtown. Because we used to have a Crosstown Expressway that was elevated because reasons. Um, but that's all changed now. But I, I just, I never had a reason to go downtown. And, you know, the Thunder changed that slowly but surely. And they're not the sole reason. I think even people with the Thunder will tell you. The people in Oklahoma City investing in themselves over time made a lot of this happen. They might have been an accelerant, but, you know, they're not the main reason. So, you know, again... Economic impact studies, is this thing going to pay for itself? I don't know. If you're going to vote, and if you're listening to this, you're probably, most likely, 
going to be in favor of this. Some of you may be on the fence. Some of you may be a hard no. But if you're kind of waffling, if you're if you're unsure, um, a few other points of clarification just that I kind of wanted to get out there. There has been discussion about, well, if this doesn't pass, the Thunder are going to move. And I, I think it's important that the Thunder themselves have not said this. There have been no statements coming out saying anything like that. Um, as a matter of fact, whenever Clay Bennett and Pro Basketball Club LLC bought the Seattle Sonics, there was a press conference where Clay Bennett said, uh, we have one year to get an arena agreement, and if we don't, we'll exercise our right to move. Um, so that that has not happened in this case. Uh, people like Mayor David Holt that have brought that up, they're bringing it up because that is a, a natural next step for this process, that you have to be a little concerned about it being that. Some people have responded that, you know, they don't like this tactic and they don't like feeling pressured. I totally get it. No one likes being feeling like they're strong armed into something that maybe they're not, you know, comfortable with or, or being you know, shoved into a bad agreement or something like that. I totally understand the notion. But I do want to reiterate that the team itself has not issued anything. They've really, you know, other than, you know, issuing a statement whenever they announced there would be this election, there's really been nothing said by the team itself. So, again, just something that I think is important for people uh, to understand, you know, just in general, but uh, before they go to cast their vote on Tuesday. Um, and again, I think it's important to understand the Thunder want to be in Oklahoma City. They want to be here. Um, you know, Dr. Evans made a really good point that, you know, they are, this team might be valu more valuable in another city. And I'm not saying like we need to like start a GoFundMe or we need to like, you know, award medals or something. Yay for, you know, leaving a franchise here and devaluing it to some degree. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying that Pro Basketball Club LLC bought the Seattle Supersonics at a point when they were uh, very likely to be relocated somewhere. If they hadn't been bought by... The LLC here in Oklahoma, they would have been bought by someone else and relocated, most likely. Um, but yeah, they, they brought them here. They want to keep them here. So, and unfortunately, you know, they do hold a lot of the leverage here, which is also, I think, really uncomfortable for a lot of people. And look, the house always wins. <laughs> I mean, that's just sort of the way I look at it. If I walk into a casino, I don't expect that like, oh man, he's here. It's, well, you know, it's it's curtains for us, I guess. No, I mean, they're driving the deal that, that they know they can make. And, you know, a lot of people are somewhere between they're fine with it or really upset about it. Uh, there's even some people that are not happy about it that plan to vote yes anyway. It's a, it's a really interesting mix of people that I've encountered in discussing all of these topics. But I did think it was interesting about how, you know, leaving this franchise in Oklahoma City is devaluing it to some degree. And, you know, what sort of brings to the next point is that people have made the point, I've seen it in various places, that this Oklahoma-based group, they won't move the team. Come on, they're Oklahomans. They're not going to move the team out of Oklahoma. And I think you're probably right. And that's because I think they would sell the team first. I mean, remember, it wasn't Howard Schultz of Seattle that relocated the Sonics to Oklahoma City. It was Howard Schultz that eventually put the team up for sale, sold it to the Oklahoma-based group who moved the team to Oklahoma. 
I think that would be the more likely scenario. So, you know, there are some people that I've seen the notion like, um, you know, they're going to show the billionaires and we're not going to we're not going to fund this thing and we'll show them. I mean, they would just show you by selling their team for three and a half, four billion dollars. Are you really showing them anything at that point? Just food for thought. Just something to think about there. So, you know, and some have even mentioned the idea that another deal would come down the pipeline. If this didn't pass, they'll go back. They'll think about it some more. They'll sharpen their pencils and they'll come back with some other proposal. And you may be right, but I think realistically, this is probably not going to pan out like a car dealership where you get an offer, you turn it down. The guy says, let me go talk to my manager and then comes back with another offer and you haggle back and forth. And then eventually, boom, you come to an agreement. I think all that haggling has already happened. And that's why we have you know, the result of something that people are going to vote on, the the citizens of Oklahoma City are going to vote on. So uh, personally, I don't think that there's a better bargain to be had. Uh, I, I think that some of the some of the concern that if this didn't pass on Tuesday, that other interested cities and, you know, groups would come along and, and want to pounce. I, I, I think that's probably accurate. NBA teams, professional sports teams in general are just selling at a, uh, they're selling for a ton of money. And so a lot of owners that bought the team for millions of dollars are selling them for billions. And, um, you know, again, the owners want to be here. They want to sign a 25 year lease in Oklahoma city. I just, I, I think, I think that's a huge deal. So again, please get out and vote, uh, make your voice heard. Uh, if you're someone that is pro arena, don't assume that it's just going to sail through. <laughs> don't don't assume that others are going to do the work for you. I encourage you get out and cast your vote. If you're against it and you do believe that you know it's in the it's not in the best interest of the city, or if you think that a better bargain can be made, go cast your vote. Make your voice heard. So uh, those are just a few points that I wanted to make before we get to the vote. Uh, just a few things to keep in mind. It's real easy for things to get convoluted, for some things to be misunderstood, for someone to make a statement and it gets misinterpreted. I just felt like these are a few things that were important to understand before we get to voting day. And we're excited to talk about the results of that. Uh, those plans are in the works uh, with Sellout Crowd as soon as, uh, as soon as we have some results on that Tuesday night. So anyway, deep thoughts from me. Uh, thanks so much for listening, for subscribing. If this is your first time, again, hit subscribe, hit the like button, share it with your friends, share it on your social medias. I don't care if you have two followers or if you have, you know, 10,000, all of it helps. And uh, really appreciate everyone that, uh, that that checks in and uh, listens to what I have to say. Big thanks to our producer, Jacqueline Musgrove. Big thanks to Michael Lane, who does all of the creative graphics uh, for Sellout Crowd and beyond, and all the people at Sellout Crowd. Until next week, take care, everyone. We'll see you soon.